and welcome to Cancer Casually. I'm your host, Lindsay DeLong, and I'm the managing editor of The Fullest. I was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 33 when my boyfriend found a lump and made me go get it checked out. A year and a half later, I'm now cured, healthy, and can kinda talk about it all without crying. Each week, I interview inspiring survivors who have come out on the other side of cancer or who are still battling it. We'll talk about our lives before, during, and after cancer and share what we've learned so that our listeners can look at their own lives through a new perspective, whatever that may be. Here's not just how to live with cancer, but how to be there for someone and how to cope as a co-survivor, because it's not just a disease that affects you, it affects everyone around you. With this podcast, we hope to inspire others to grasp life, no matter what comes at you, and always live it to the fullest. Today, I'm here with Valerie Grandery, the founder of natural skincare company, Audacity. When Valerie was diagnosed with breast cancer, she realized she needed to change everything about her life in order to remove the toxins that cancer feeds off of. She quit her job, became a health and wellness coach, and eventually founded her custom-made skincare brand, which borrows from French luxury and California cool. Hi, thanks for coming today. Bonjour, so nice to have you. Bonjour, <laughs> I should have thought of that. So um, I was just so excited to hear your accent. Um, where did you grow up? So I grew up in Paris uh-huh. and uh, I fell in love with California. Okay. And um, I decided to move to California with the new millennial. I thought, you know, this is fantastic, 2000, time to move to California. And that's how I came to LA. Yeah. So what was the draw of California? Uh, That's such a good question. I think um, there's something about LA that besides the beautiful weather, that's completely unique to any big city. Um, It has an ocean, which is pretty remarkable. It has mountains. It has amazing uh hikes and parks and yet at the same time it has an ocean it it has an ocean it has museum it has an opera so for me it's a city where you can almost like walk on the beach in the morning go to work in the afternoon end up you know going to the opera and if you want you know hike the next morning and I don't think there's many cities in the world that you know have all that yeah and There's also another aspect of LA and in general, California. I think that it's really a state where not only you feel safe, but you're encouraged to think bigger. Mm -hmm. And uh, as much as I absolutely love France, and I think it still is the most beautiful country in the world, you know, it's old Europe. It's really not open to change very much. But here in California, you can... You can just decide to be who you want to be. Nothing stops you. Nobody tells you, oh, you can't do it. You shouldn't do it. And um, I love that kind of uh, open-mindedness and uh, daring attitude that California has. Yeah, it really does. But I mean, so does Paris. <laughs> <laughs> so does Paris in a complete different way, you know, and I love both. And I, I really think, uh, and we'll talk about, I think that, you know, when you can actually fuse two culture in something, mm-hmm. it's just, it just gives you, you know, wings to fly. Yeah. 
So when you decided to move to California, did you have a job lined up here? Or? Yeah, I did. And um, completely different than what I do now. <laughs> uh, I used to have uh, a, a production company. We used to produce commercials a, a little all over the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had uh, two projects that we were developing with American Studios. So we needed to have an office in LA for two years. And so I came here with the ideas of staying two years and it's been 13. So oh. I guess my love for California grew stronger and stronger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so then um, how old were you when you were diagnosed with breast cancer? 45. Were you 35? 45. 45. 45, okay. Yeah. And then, um, so you were living here then? I was living, I had been living here for five years. Okay. And so tell me about that. Did you have any idea something was wrong? How did you find it? Was it like routine mammogram or? I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> and I have no history of breast cancer or, and I was, I don't think I had ever been sick before in my life. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, and it was, I mean, I will always remember that day because I still had kept my doctors in France just because, you know, I, it's easier. So each time I was going back to France, I would do a routine mammogram. And I had felt something. I had felt a lump. And um, and it was a beautiful spring day in Paris. It was also my birthday. Oh, what? <laughs> I know. Okay. It's a very special birthday. <laughs> and, um, and I had the mammogram and they said, no, no, it's fine. And I said, mm, you know what? I just, I have this thing that I feel and I don't think it's normal. And the doctor said, well, you know, you have dense breasts, you know, it can happen. And I said, no, no, no. Can you do an ultrasound? Uh -huh. And uh, they did the ultrasound and then they saw something. Wow. Well, good thing you knew your body and knew enough to ask for that. Well, I, I think that, I mean, I think a lot of people now are questioning mammograms mm -hmm. for many reasons. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that especially when you're young, I, I mean, I don't know how you found out yours, but when you're young and you have dense breasts, it's very hard to see it on the yeah. mammogram. Yeah, yeah. And I think ultrasound is, is, should always pair. It doesn't mean that you don't have to do the mammogram, but I think ultrasound should always pair with it. Yeah. Yeah, it should. Um, so then when you found out you were living here, so then you got a bunch of California doctors or were you? Yeah. So the, so the big question was, what do I do now? Yeah. You know, uh, do I stay in Paris where I have my doctors and, you know, my close family or do I go back to LA where I have my husband, my job and my extended family? And uh -huh. it just felt like, it was, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't know the extent of what I had yet. So I thought, okay, if it, you know, if it's, you know, if it's going to take time to heal, I would rather be, you know, in my house in California with yeah. the beautiful weather and the yeah. good mood of California as opposed to the, you know, old crunchy yeah. uh, Parisian <laughs> people. <laughs> So, oh, and what was your treatment plan? What kind of breast cancer was it? So, um, so they, um, when I came back to California, they did uh, a biopsy mm -hmm. and, uh, and then they did another, they did an uh, EM, uh, MRI. Uh -huh. Sorry, I said it the other way in French. <laughs> yeah. and, um, and so they saw that it was not one, there was uh, three tumors. Oh, wow. And uh, so the doctor suggested that I had a... Um, God, my English is so bad. Sometimes. A mastectomy? <laughs> a mastectomy. Yeah. 
And, um, and after they did the mastectomy, they found out that it had, uh, it was also in my lymph nodes. Oh, okay. And then they did, so they did a PET scan and then they saw that there was a shadow on my liver and my, and my lungs. Uh-huh. So the treatment was after that, uh, chemotherapy, something called dose dense chemotherapy. Yeah. And then, uh, six month radiation and then five years of, uh, drugs. Tamoxifen? Tamoxifen. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh. That's not what I did. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> so, I mean, I thought I was going to do the whole thing. Yeah. I was, and I think that's, that's something that um, I hear also from a lot of people that have gone through cancer is that feeling when you're told that you have cancer, that you completely lose power. Mm-hmm. You yeah, just, all of a sudden it's like you're taking into this vortex, you know, of things that are going and you go, you're thrown in surgery, thrown into this and thrown into that. Yeah. And you, you really have no time to think. Yeah, it's a whirlwind and you just do what they tell you to do. Exactly, exactly. And also there is, you know, something about, you know, doctors, they obviously know better than we do. So it's it's hard to express your voice, it's hard to say or to question or to things and you know, appointments have to be quick and everything. Yeah. So Yeah, they're rushed. And then they yeah. talk in medical terms and you're like, I can't argue with you because I don't know what you just said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's also one thing I used to make lists when yeah. I, so I, because it also it's kind of, a, you know, you're in front of, you know, such an expert, you, yeah. you kind of lose, you know, your questions and, and the more they tell you things, the more you're like, oh my God, what's, you know, what's going to happen. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but anyway, so I, I would, you know, I had the surgery and then I went into chemotherapy and, um, after the, almost I had one last session, but my, uh, my body and I get super emotional. It's been 30 years. I still get so emotional about it. (laughs) Every single podcast so far, I think I've like started crying and she has to like, stop it. (laughs) I it's okay. But it gets better after that, <laughs> yeah, I okay. promise. But it's it's funny how emotional you, you yeah. can get 13 years later. You oh, still, wow. you still. when I think about how I felt after uh, all those, this chemotherapy. And in fact, I was, my immune system was so compromised that uh, the doctor said, listen, we need to take a break. Uh, we just, you know, we can't keep going like this. So we're going to take a three-week break and then after we can follow up with the radiation and the tamoxifen but right now you just need to go rest and yeah build up your immunity and um and so I heard from a friend of mine uh, about this place in Puerto Rico called the Anne Wigmore Institute okay and um I don't know if anyone knows Anne Wigmore but um she was this amazing doctor that had started um, a clinic in Boston and had an institute in Puerto Rico. And that was treating patients with cancer with a principle of detoxification. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the reason why I heard about it, because my uh, sister-in-law, one of her friends actually went there because she had uh, ovarian cancer and she was super, super overweight and she had to lose weight before the surgery. 
Um, so she actually moved there for three months and stayed there for three months to lose the weight because one of the things is that you completely change your diet to yeah. raw food. So people, the first thing that happens is this detoxification process is that you lose weight very uh, quickly as the toxins move out. So does the fat. Yeah. And, and it teaches you how to do it because who knows how to just go raw. <laughs> exactly. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so anyway, she, uh, she was telling me that she stayed there three months and then she came back to New York and um, they did an MRI to locate exactly uh, where the tumor was to, uh, to remove it. And there was no more tumor. Wow. So I thought... Just from hmm. changing her diet. Well, it's a little more than that. Yeah. But anyway, so I, I couldn't go to Puerto Rico because I couldn't fly and my immune system was, was not doing well. So I did a lot of research around that. And um, I found this place in uh, San Diego. Mm. It's called the Optimum Health Institute that does the same program. And basically, it's a super holistic approach. And, um, and what I love about their approach is that I'm... I'm a research person. I'm a data person. Like I don't really, you know, I know like if I was going to go see a healer and believe that it's going to heal me, it wouldn't work because somewhere I don't believe in it. <laughs> I need like, I need the data. I need the yeah. facts. I need the research. I need you to prove me that this is something that can actually work. Yeah. But anyway, at that point I was so exhausted that I said, you know what, I'm just going to go there to rest and okay. this is going to be perfect. For so, how long? So I went there. The idea was to just go for a week to uh -huh. rest and uh, when I arrived there, I was, I always say like, I think I had 10% life left in me. I was depressed. Yeah. I, I, the only thing I could think about is like, okay, this is, you know, this is my last few years oh. and what's going to happen. And um, yeah, it takes such an emotional toll on <gasps> you too. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's actually such a weird thing too. And I also think that, you know, when you're in chemotherapy is that it just unbalances your, you know, the chemical balance obviously in your body. Yeah. And, uh, and so your, your thoughts is so weird. I mean, I had like, you know, I questioning like so such crazy thing is like, how am I, how is this going to fit in my schedule? You know, it's like, <laughs> seriously, you, you told you probably have five years to leave. What do you think of yeah. scheduling? You know, she's <laughs> just like, you shouldn't, but it's just this really weird, what goes through, you know, and then I would think like, oh, I should have uh, life insurance for my children. And why did I not think about it? Just like really weird, nothing that was really meaningful. It's like, yeah. okay, what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to, but anyway, so that. Uh, aha moment happened while I was there mm -hmm. and going through this detoxification journey first because after a week there I started to feel so amazing that I thought okay these people these people must know something yeah so I went to the registration and they have a, a three-week um, certification program and I always believe that if you want to uh really master something you have to want to teach it oh. so I signed up for that and I stayed there for three weeks and to become a teacher of well it's to really know the program okay and so the program is yes it's raw food uh -huh. it's vegan raw food there's lots of meditation relaxation um you know really being in touch with with your thoughts uh, also reconnected with past trauma and obviously, you know, it's spiritual. It's like also reconnected with the idea that 
there are things that are just bigger than you. Yeah. Is it specifically for cancer patients or just it? Okay. It's for, that... there's so many people that mm-hmm. go there for yeah. different reasons. Some people go there just to lose weight yeah. because that's one thing. Um, a lot of people with chronic disease that go there, diabetes. I mean, people just after a couple of weeks don't have, you know, to, I mean, it's amazing the transformation. Mm-hmm that happen on, 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 on this raw food detox program. It really, I mean, all kinds, I've met like maybe hundreds of people that were told like me, you know, you need to put your affairs in order and are still here. But, um, so after I finished this three week program, I was feeling so amazing that I went home and I, got all my doctors together and I said listen you're gonna have to take give me six months I'm gonna stop you know pause all the treatment for six months and I'm gonna do this program 100% raw vegan diet zero sugar in my diet now it's hard even no no fruit Uh, meditation every day yoga every day and meeting and studying all of this to really get to the bottom. And, uh, and of course, everybody said I was crazy. <laughs> yeah, doctors don't like hearing that kind no, of stuff. No, they don't. They yeah. don't. And, and, and I can't blame them because they don't learn that. And me, probably, I, if had I not gone through the program mm-hmm. and I would have said, oh, so it's crazy, my entire family in France thought I was in a cult. Yeah. <laughs> I said, she's gone A California nuts. cult. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially, you know, you don't eat meat yeah. and no cheese. <laughs> and yeah, no yeah. Cheese for a French person is like, cheese is so good for you, you know? And And no foie gras. Yeah. (laughs) And and it's funny, my mother would say, oh, your grandmothers, they must be turning around in their tombs thinking (laughs) that you're changing your diet and no wine. And no wine. How can you live without wine? But anyway, but, and all that came from the heart. I knew that it was for them, they were afraid for me that I had decided to pause, Mm -hmm. you know, for six months. But somehow... There was, it was, I had such a strong voice that I remember uh, my oncologist saying, listen, Valerie, there is absolutely no proof, no scientific proof that this can work for you. But if you have this voice that's talking to you so strongly, I will support you in this decision. And that was for me, like one of the most beautiful thing a doctor could have told me, just the idea, I'm going to support you. And, you know, you don't have that feeling of support when yeah. you start to go through this. But this was like, like so amazing. So anyway, I did my program for six months and, uh, and then they put me in the PET scan after six months and there was nothing. What? And it's been 13 years and wow. against the odds. And you I'm stayed here. on that raw diet? So I did uh, five years. 100% raw food. Uh, but then I got like really good. I mean, my raw food is gourmet food. I can, oh. I can tell you, <laughs> you can try it. You will love it. Um, and then I started uh, to reintroduce a little bit of cooked food, but I'm still completely vegan. Um, almost vegan. When I go to France, I will have a piece of cheese or yeah. maybe a little bit of fish. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. But yes, <laughs> but that is only, only recent. I, for me, it was like passing the five-year mark, as you know, is, yeah. is a big victory. And then once I passed the 10-year mark, I was like, okay, 
I think I have, you know, I can start to eat a few things, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, it's, wow. Uh, it's, so what type yeah. of breast cancer was it? Do you remember? Oh uh, yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. You don't remember the details. I yeah. knew, I know it was stage three, but I can't remember. Uh, like HER2 positive, triple positive. So it was uh, hormonal dependent. It was uh, uh, homo- hormone uh-huh. dependent. I don't know how you say that in, in English. So that's why they wanted to put, yeah. put me on the tamoxifen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But... Uh, I'm on that right now for 10 years. I have eight and a half more years and I do not like it. I'm 35 and I have achy bones. I talk about this on all the yeah. podcasts too. Yeah, I, just I, I it. hear it's it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. I yeah. don't, I've never heard a woman telling me like, oh, I'm good. I'm doing great on tamoxifen. Yeah. It's amazing. It had, it was for like the first year it was fine. And I was like, I'm immune to tamoxifen. This is great. But then I started getting achy bones. 10 years? Bones. 10 years. You were super young, though, when you had cancer, right? Yeah, 33. Yeah. And now I'm 35. But anyways, maybe I'll go on a raw food diet. <laughs> <laughs> I can teach you. Okay. I can teach you some super great, great recipe. But, wow, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so tell me then, after you went raw mm-hmm. and then you came back and told your doctors what's up, then you decided... I don't want to do commercials anymore. I want to go into skincare or what? Tell me about so, that process. So, um, so it's it's interesting is that uh, you know after I went to do this program, I knew that in order to heal, mm-hmm. I would have to change absolutely everything about my life, and I did. I actually uh, sold the the big party house in the Hollywood Hills that <laughs> oh. had to go with a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I had to go. Um, I moved to Topanga Canyon. Um, we, for those who don't know where it is, it's this gorgeous canyon between Santa Monica and yeah. Malibu. It's just yeah. amazing. Um, I quit my job. I went back to school to become a health and wellness coach. Mm-hmm. Adopted the raw vegan diet. Basically, I dedicated six months, really completely six months to heal myself. I took it almost like... Uh, producing a commercial. It was producing a, a healing uh, program for myself. Yeah. And uh, it is through this, you know, I call it my detox journey uh, that I realized the toxicity of personal care product. And as a French woman, this was a shock. <laughs> and I always say like, it was so easy for me to change my diet, uh-huh. even though, you know, I come from French food and everything, but for some reason it was just completely, it made sense, you know, oh, I need to change my diet for sure. But when I was told by, you know, my doctors who were following me into this journey that I had to change my personal care product, I looked at them and I said, what? <laughs> What? You mean that there is toxin in this beautiful, very expensive creme yeah. I've been putting on my face? And they said, well, why don't you look at the ingredients on it? And of course, talking about research, I went online and started researching. I started reading books. I went to libraries and I was appalled. Mm, wow. And, and, and so what is like, how is French skincare different than skincare it's just as toxic in terms of toxicity it's just the same yeah and even in the high quality products that people spend 
hundreds of dollars on? Yes. Wow. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's skincare, it's uh, deodorant, it's body mm -hmm. lotion, it's shampoo, it's this and that. And if we don't realize how many uh, personal care products we use every single day. And uh, in fact, the Environmental Working Group has done a, a really uh, great study that shows that as a general rule, every single woman use at least 12 products every day and exposes her body to over 200 chemicals every single day. Wow, that's scary. I know. It is It is really scary because yeah. when you start to research, you, you're like, it. where nobody would think because of course it's all marketed about around the beautiful ingredients that yes. are also part of the product. But it's those ingredients are wonderful making your skin beautiful. But then you have the preservative, the fragrance, all those chemicals that go into it. And, um, and unfortunately for uh, Americans, uh, Americans are the least protected when it comes to exposure to toxins. Uh -huh. right. We yeah. know that. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> You've heard. And for me, it's really interesting because I have to register my products, you know, all over the world. And uh, in the European Union, for example, there is a list of 1,300 ingredients that you cannot, absolutely cannot use in skincare. Out of those 1,300 ingredients, only seven or nine are banned in the U.S. Ooh, mm -hmm. wow. So what's toxic to European for some reason is not toxic to American. I uh -huh. just want to let you know. <laughs> yeah, and so um, the, the Audacity skincare products, they, you're not making one specific for America and then one specific no, for Europe. No, of course not. Okay, no, no, good. No. <laughs> no. Okay, so. So it's through this uh, frustration mm -hmm. of not finding, and with today's the market in uh, what called clean beauty is, is better than it was. But 13 years ago, your only choice was to go to Whole Foods. And uh, that's what I did. And I think that... Uh, my French jeans were <laughs> horrified by the products on the shelf, you know. I, French women, we absolutely love skincare. Mm -hmm. There's something about it. And I think part of it's because we don't wear makeup very much. Yeah. So skincare really is our makeup. So it's something we take very seriously. And you were asking the difference. And I think uh, that one of the reasons why people love so much French skincare is because it's all about the results. It's all about the efficacy of the product. It's all about luxury too. You know, it's something I call it for me, it's the rendezvous with myself morning and night. It's that yeah. moment where that little parenthesis that's all about me. It's all about taking care of my skin and in a way of taking care of myself. Yeah. And um, what I found at Whole Food 13 years ago was, yes, it was natural. But there was nothing about efficacy. There was no serious ingredients in the product. It's everything smelled like patchouli. <laughs> uh, it felt like it was so oily on the face, you know, it didn't penetrate. So I thought, okay, what am I going to do? I want my French skincare, but without an ounce of toxins. Yeah. And it's through this frustration that. I actually decided to create a line of products that would bridge that French, you know, attitude with the green California revolution. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you learn how to do that? How, what was your next step? So uh, it first started, I didn't think of starting a company. Mm -hmm. I uh, 
you remember, as I said, I, I've produced commercials all over the yeah, world yeah, for yeah. 20 years. So basically I called all my location scouts and I hired them to go and find me the best natural ingredient from their country. Oh my gosh. And that's it was resourceful. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what you do. When you produce commercials, you have to be resourceful. Yeah. Nothing is impossible. I really done like crazy things. Yeah. And, um, and I think the first ingredient that came was uh, green tea seed oil from Japan, which, okay. which the geisha have used for centuries to mm -hmm. keep their beautiful glow in the skin. And then I had uh, seaweeds that came from Ireland. I had a friend of mine sent me tamanu oil from the rainforest of Madagascar, which is wow. incredible at detoxifying the capillaries. And then basically my kitchen turned into this apothecary lab and mm -hmm. I started creating, you know, potions uh, for me and for my coaching clients. And, uh, and people started talking about it. And, you know, LA is a big city and not at the same time, you know, not so big when you start to work with a few, you know, VIP celebrity clients. Yeah. The words through word of mouth, I started making products for more people and more people, less coaching. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and French Vogue did uh, a whole article. It was called Les Crèmes Fraîches de Valérie, <laughs> the fresh crème of Valérie. And, uh, they didn't tell me, of course. Wow. And it came out during Fashion Week in Paris in February. Oh, it's my gosh. the vlog that every single editor in the world reads. Yeah. Is that Fashion Week edition. And then the phone started to ring. It just blew up. And at that point, I had this thing like, okay, you have to start a company. Yeah. Oh, and, that was before you had even yeah. like went out with it. And, wow. um, and so that's how Odessa is born. And the name is, uh, a, a lot of people tell me, how do you pronounce it? It's yeah. complicated. And it's really, it's a French play on audacity. Okay. It's the audacity to redefine your life. Uh -huh. The audacity to change the way you look at skincare. And it's an O at the beginning because it's organic. Uh -huh. And for me, it's also the symbol of the planet. Yes. And I want it to be an O to women. Yeah. And an A at the end because I'm French. So I wanted to give it a little oh, French, uh, French I touch. I love that. I, I always called it Odessite. Yes. But... Every, you're not the only okay. one. Okay. <laughs> Believe me, you're not the only one. Pronounce it. How it sounds <laughs> like is so much better. That's great. Well, congratulations. And how long has, has it been out there now? So we launched the company nine years ago. Okay. And uh, it's actually been this extraordinary journey. And, and I would have never done it had I not had cancer. Yeah. And it really was for me that, uh, and, I, and it's something I always share with people, is like, you know, once you have cancer, there's really, you know, this is it, but mm -hmm. you have what you don't, what you have, the power that you have is you have the power to choose what you're going to make about it. Yeah. Your next yeah. steps. Your next you could be step. sad and depressed and chemo makes your hormones all messed yeah. up. Or you could be like, I'm going to start my, restart my life and yeah. go in a different direction. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's such a, you know, one of the things that I always say is like, it's an opportunity for something else. Yeah. And, um, and I always say that, uh, you know, if your body allows for cancer to happen, 
Uh, yes, you need medical treatment. Less, you know, I always say like Western medicine treats the symptom. It mm -hmm. removes the, it removes the tumor, or it burns it, or it, you know, it kills it with chemicals. But then, if you don't change the body that allowed for it to happen, yes. you know, yes, especially in case of cancer, which is how do we make sure that it does not come back? Besides, you know, all the Western medicine. So there is something that needs to change. Yeah. And and I think for me, it was that realization that, okay, now I have this absolutely amazing second chance at life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I need it to be meaningful. And I needed to, uh, to create, you know, health and wellness as much as I can. And, and for me... Creating Audacity was exactly that. It's, it's showing the world that you can have it all. You can have that beautiful French skincare, beautiful skin, and without having any any ounces of toxins in it. Yeah. And um, and I think the you know what's happening right now it shows that there is you know room for this. Mm -hmm. And um, so we're very very blessed that the company is. In Nordstrom and Blue Mercury yeah. and Detox Markets and uh, Le Bon Marché in Paris, and Harvey over. Nichols in Hong Kong, yeah. Selfridges in London, yeah. Space NK in London. So it's, uh, I think there is really a demand for this. I mm -hmm. think women are getting more and more aware about it and yeah. want change. Yes. And tell me about the um, your little. Um, oils like there those are the ones that are kind of like customizable yes, to your absolutely skin. yeah so i think that what's really makes us stand apart is that uh, before i launched audacity i worked with thousands of private client one-on-one -on -one basis uh -huh. and a lot of uh, my trade i learned through truly listening to the skin yeah truly understanding okay how is the skin affected what happens and one of the things that I think the beauty industry is not really addressing is the fact that our skin is constantly changing. Mm -hmm. And it's changing because it's affected by factors that we don't really have control over, like, you know, like the weather, your hormones, mm -hmm. your tamoxifen, yeah. your chemotherapy, <laughs> your radiation, but, you know, your diet, your sleep, your stress, all this affects your skin in such a dramatic way that you can have dehydrated skin in the morning and people at night and dull skin the next day, right? Mm -hmm. So my idea was to create serum concentrates, which are those little oils that you speak about that are concentrated dose of active to target very specific skin concerns. So most people that I talk to have two, three main skin concerns that alternate. So what's great about those uh, customization is that the minute you actually feed your skin with the actives that it needs, you know, because maybe you have the pimple or maybe you need the hydration or maybe yeah. you need the glow, then your skin has a chance to you know, to glow every single day as opposed to, you know, using just one product that is the same all the time. Uh -huh. So it's something that you add in your current skin routine. If you want, you don't have to change everything. And uh, do you put it on 
um, underneath lotion or instead of lotion? Or That's a great question. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so you, there is actually no wrong way to use it. Okay. You can uh, use it directly on your skin after mm-hmm. you wash when your skin is still a little wet. Or you can boost your moisturizer with it. You know, okay. like you have a, a good moisturizer that you love. And right now you're going through a little bit of pimples. You add a couple of drops of the pimple serum into your dose of moisturizer. And now you have a moisturizer that's going to be targeted for your pimples. Yeah, yeah. customizable. It's, yeah. That's really great that you've created that. And it's it's also great because you, it's. I always say that you have your little army, mm-hmm. you know, that's there working for you. Yeah. And uh Whatever shows up, you know, I, I call it the serum concentré du jour of the day. <laughs> like every day is different. So yeah. you can just alternate your product, which is also another thing that uh, you don't hear a lot in this uh, beauty industry is that the skin, just like any organ in your body, needs to be fed with different actives. Just like we don't eat the same food every day, mm-hmm. we shouldn't put the same product on our skin every day oh, okay. because then your skin says, okay, I don't really need this anymore. Yeah. I need a different active, a different vitamin, a different essential fatty yeah. acid, uh, a different plant extract. So it gives you the opportunity to feed your skin with something yeah. different, different yeah. meal for your skin. Well, Fight the toxins with the army of audacity. That sounds awesome. I love that. I am going to use it. <laughs> okay. Well, man, it was so great to talk to you and learn more about the company and about your amazing journey. You healed yourself. That's, oh, thank you. You didn't thank even you. do radiation? No, so I didn't wow. I didn't do the radiation because you know, after the you know, the PET scan, there was yeah. no reason to do it. Yeah. And then I was also older than you. So I didn't feel like, you yeah. know, hormones after the chemo were not really there yeah. anymore. So, uh, yeah. Wow. So that's my story. Okay. Well, I'm going to look into raw food. <laughs> and that place in San Diego sounds amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's just even to go for a rest. I, you know, every year I return to... Puerto Rico mm-hmm. to do the program. Now oh. I can fly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just because I need to be re-inspired. Yeah. And, uh, and I always say it's like my best vacation yeah. ever. It's yeah. like two weeks for me, for myself. And I think that's also something that I learn and I hear a lot of women learn when they go through cancer is taking care of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's so important. And especially because we don't know what what caused the cancer? Like it doesn't no. run in my family either. So I don't know if it's something I eat, if it's pizza, <laughs> I don't know if it's the toxin. So yeah, <laughs> it's probably not just pizza, but I think, <laughs> I think that, uh, it's multifactorial, you know, yeah. there's so many things that have to, you know, to come together to create an imbalance that yeah. allows for cancer to grow. Yeah. Uh, and so it's impossible to, you know, to be in control of all of this. I mean, yeah. pollution is one of them. Mm-hmm. You live in LA, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but I mean, the only, you know, the good part of it is that, as I say, you can turn it into an opportunity. Yes. Like, like you did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and tell your doctors if you feel like you need a different change up in your plan. Yeah. So that's inspiring that that so i'm so glad to talk to you that was really (laughs) me too um, wonderful and inspirational 
it's so nice to be able to share with you. Yes, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Merci beaucoup. Oh, <laughs> Merci beaucoup. Voilà. <laughs>